0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Go in the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's sports. Instagram is also AdamaxSports, TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. Brett is back. I'm back. What's up? He's in the the building. Episode 39. Yeah. Some number 39s. Go ahead, boys. Scott
1: Feldman. That's (laughs) really the only one that comes to mind for me. Starting pitcher for the Rangers. Uh, a good amount of time,
0: I'd say. I think the most
2: notable that we found was Larry Zonka. Yo. Mm-hmm. But other than that, 39 is a pretty boring
0: number as far as... Jeremy Grant for his one year in Philly, yeah, I believe.
2: Yeah. Who, who, who forgets that one year in Philly for Jeremy Grant?
1: Milky Cabrera yeah. in 2005 with the New York Yankees is another notable yeah. one.
0: During I steroids.
1: I mean, I, I do think it was during steroid time, was it? Because he was with the Giants when he was
0: maybe he did not pull 2005. I mean that was kind of at the maybe. end of the era, wasn't it? Or that very possible. And that's around the time Taha got caught. Yeah, true. All right, let's well, get to it. Exactly. Yeah. Let's go.
1: My <laughs> opener is going to be the Lakers losing to the Suns in six games. As a Michael Jordan fan and uh LeBron hater, I I'd say it's definitely a hater now. Uh <laughs> I'm very happy to see the Lakers lose. Uh the fraud is something that Somebody that gets on my nerves because I don't like people that just like flop and complain a lot. And LeBron's kind of at the top of that list. And when I saw him uh, in Game Six, even though they were down ten with about a minute left, LeBron was just completely complaining about a call on uh, the opposite side of the floor where the ball was. And I'm like, at that point, yeah, it's 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 annoying what this guy does, and I, I'm not a big fan of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mine's got to be. Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, gets his 800th win with the A's. That was a 6-0 shout-out against Seattle. It's just—it's great to see, you know, because not every team, but a lot of teams around the major leagues go through managers every two years. And it's its nice to see that we we, we, got found, we found our guy.
1: Mr. Bromel is that dude. For me,
2: I'm going to the pitch. I don't think we've ever really done this on the show, but we're going soccer. Chelsea... Won Champions League last week as a Chelsea fan, obviously great to see. And American Christian Pulisic not only won with Chelsea, but USA defeated Mexico in the North American, Central American Championship. I'm not exactly sure what it was called. And a 3-2, Pulisic scored in the second overtime to put USA up 3-2 and take a victory. So, soccer for me, don't normally do that here on the show.
1: Yeah, I'm going to keep it real. <laughs> the The Chelsea I could not care less about, but I mean... It's USA in the second one, so I'm full USA, especially when it's over Mexico. Sure. Because that was that was a fun game with uh, what I saw going on with the fans, and uh, I know being them is something that's big to the USA players for sure, especially because we don't have that good of an international team usually as far as the like Olympic soccer goes and World Cups. Yeah, soccer. especially
0: the men's team. Yeah, yeah.
2: You, I mean, the women, women are top tier. Yeah, exactly. But the men. They haven't even qualified for the last two, I think. So it was a big deal getting a win in a game like this.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's move on from soccer. Let's actually talk about football for once. That's our number one headline this week. We got Julio Jones being traded to Tennessee. I think we all kind of woke up to this news uh, whatever day it happened. And uh, I-, I know Tennessee was a legitimate contender for this, but it didn't seem like it for a long time for me because it just I saw what AJ Brown was saying about how he really wants uh, to play with Julio, and that's all I really saw about it. But uh, Julio is finally in Tennessee. He's going to wear number two. But where does it rank Tennessee Titans in the top teams in the AFC?
0: Yeah, I think this trade is making uh, a lot of teams who traded on draft night second think their moves. Because they're like, damn, I could have gotten Julio for what I traded up for a guard with. But uh, I have Tennessee probably around six or seven. They should win the division. Nine, ten, eleven wins. Whatever the norm ends up being with the extra game uh for the average maybe division 12? winner maybe 12. i mean they won 11 last year but it's it is a little weird because this isn't a team who throws the ball deep but i'm sure they will change for julio
2: i mean when you have julio jones i think things change like automatically as soon as he steps foot in that building i expect tannahill have a big year now with two big receivers but maybe the biggest, biggest benefactor of all this is derrick henry mm-hmm uh you you have to respect the box anymore you you can't really stack the box you have to respect both those outside receivers and if you do stack the box those receivers are going to have a field day that's just how it's going to be can't cover both of them consistently but for as as to where tennessee ranks i'd probably have them about five uh i think the bills chiefs and then the two afc or the two other afc teams i have above them would be the browns and the ravens uh, however you want to rank those two. And then very close between the Colts and the Titans, but I'll take the Titans for now. I need to see what Carson Wentz does in that Indianapolis uniform. Right.
1: Yeah, we saw the Titans lose Corey Davis over the offseason. I think Skyler knows where he went, but uh, it kind of made a wide receiver kind of a big need on this team. They, they have A.J. Brown, who is great, but having that second wide receiver in their offense is kind of like a really big thing because they have three main people that they give the ball to in their offense. They're two t- or or... Uh, wide receivers. There two wide receivers, which was Corey Davis and A.J. Brown, and then Derrick Henry. And with Julio being there, that kind of makes it that they can do that completely. Oh, yeah, even Johnny
0: Smith leaving, too. Yeah, Johnny yeah. Smith
1: leaving, too. Uh, then Julio's going to make up for some of that, as well. So, I'd say it, it's four through six, I think, is a valid uh, spot to put these guys. But I'm putting them at five, because I like the Chiefs ahead of... Well, I don't okay. like the Chiefs, but yeah, I'm putting them ahead of yeah. them. I'm uh, putting the Browns... Or, not the Browns, uh, the Bills, the Ravens, and the Colts, I, I put them, uh, the Titans and the Browns, like, right, right neck and neck. But I think the, the Colts are going to be just a tad bit better because I do like the pickup of Carson Wentz. I, I was really high on him when they made that move. And uh, so I'm, I'm taking the Colts over the Titans. But that can change, obviously, as we get closer to football season and not midsummer. But uh, I'm saying number five. Right. I had one more point
2: to make, kind of piggyback off of Scott I said about the draft. Draft mm-hmm. I think the biggest reason you didn't see Julio trade on draft night for that like amount of picks at the gap was money. I, I, yeah, I believe Tennessee took all thirty-eight million of Julio's remaining contract, which is actually a big deal, and actually makes the trade look pretty good for Atlanta being able to get rid of that contract.
1: You know, this this trade was actually a really big thing for Atlanta too, because you know what they could do with the the money that they got rid of with Julio? They can the sign coordinate. their draft picks. They weren't able to sign oh, their draft okay. picks until now, and so if they wanted to have Kyle Pitts. Uh, they took at number four, four. right? Yeah, so yeah. they definitely were going to need to trade Julio or do something. So uh, they finally get the guys and they make the move that we were kind of anticipating throughout the offseason. Let's go to baseball now. We had a great Sunday night baseball game and we had a good series uh, in the rivalry the Red Sox and the Yankees. Red Sox ended up sweeping the Yanks in the Bronx. Red Sox are sitting at second place right now, Mm -hmm. uh, quite a few games over 500, and the Yankees are sitting in fourth place right now in their division, uh, only two games over 500. So when it's all said and done, after 162 games, who is going to be the higher in in the division, the Red Sox or the Yankees?
0: It's going to be the Red Sox uh, because they have a less chance of blowing things up. They're tied to a lot more players, both because of service time and big contracts, and they've been staying healthy so far. The Yankees uh, historically have not... Been able to do that, so I'm going to take the low risk pick of Red Sox. Uh, going into this, I actually expected to say Yankees, but actually,
2: mulling over, I'm going to take the Red Sox for somewhat similar reasons. Scott said I don't think they obviously blow anything up with where mm-hmm. they're at, but mostly just because of how consistent their bats have been. The top guys at the lineup Bogarts, Verdugo, JD Martinez, a couple of the other guys Christian Vasquez is having a good year. They've just been consistent. I don't really see them, you know, falling off too much. I don't think the Yankees blow it up. I don't think mm-hmm. the Yankees have ever really truly blown it up. I mean, a couple years ago, they had the huge farm system haul. Yeah. But the Yankees, they have too much money to completely blow it up, so I think they try to stay in contention. But as far as where they both end,
1: I think the Red Sox will finish higher. Yeah, I think it's going to be very close because it's like a matter of time with the Yankees heating up. They're going to gonna—they're—they're kind of a team that's always injured, but that that's what happens when you have two, six, seven monsters that just are kind of hard to keep healthy with Judge and Stanton. Mm. So I do think the Yankees will heat up, and I do think it's going to be very close. And as of right now, I do think the Yankees are going to be higher when it comes to the end of the season. And that's kind of because of the Red Sox pitching a little bit too. I know that they've been good so far, but I and I know Sale's coming back, but uh, Barnes and Whitlock have, have been good out of the bullpen. But it's going to need probably two or three arms to really s- – cement themselves as a, like, a legitimate AL contender as far as, like, pennant goes. Uh, I do think that the Red Sox do have a chance, obviously, to be higher at the end of the season, but I'm picking the Yanks because they're going to get hot eventually. Their pitching's going to get rolling, and if uh, Garrett Cole somehow, uh, well, if he, he... that so might get suspended, honestly, for the.
0: I've heard they're not going to do anything until next year.
1: We'll see how. I've it. heard they're going to try to implement it, like, soon, oh. from what I've heard. But
2: I've heard if caught, it's going to be a 10 day suspension, I believe. Oh, 10 days without
1: then. pay. So it's not a huge deal, but I mean. 10 days that's, that's without two pay. Starts. That's like $15 million for Garrett Cole. It's a lot of cash. But uh, yeah, I'm, st- I'm going with the Yankees, kind of the underdog pick here let's go to the opposite side of Mm -hmm. the country now where we're going to talk about the giants they take three out of four from the cubs over the weekend in san francisco is it time that we finally call the giants legitimate nl contenders
0: yes it's time they finally got a true ace in gosman the entire rotation sub four era crawford and posey are hitting the shit out of the ball but in order to do this we need to stop Comparing them to the Dodgers and Padres because it's a whole nother game, a whole nother roster. For example, you know, the MLB will shit on the Giants for losing a series in three to two games, you know, or not three to two games, but in game, uh, the score three to two, mm-hmm. and they lose them, you know. But when the Padres lose uh, 12 to 10 and lose three out of four, 12 to 10, they don't get bumped down because they got great offense going. It's just, that's just how the Giants play, and we got to separate them. From the big dogs.
2: Well, the biggest reason you see that, especially specifically with the Padres, is if the Padres are losing the game ten to twelve, there's gonna be two Fernando Tatis Jr. highlights that are posted on Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, to hype up the Padres. Okay. But I, I agree. I think the Dodgers are not Dodgers. Excuse me, Giants are legit. Love what they're doing pitching. They've had a lot of their older hitters just revitalized. Posey hitting
0: the cover off the mm-hmm. ball. Longo was great until he got Longo. Yeah. Bell
2: came back today. Bell's in the lineup hitting four today, so that's another veteran bat added back to the lineup. I think that the pitching can stay consistent. Gosman, even Cueto's having a decent year. He's been mm-hmm. staying healthy, which I think has been the biggest thing for Cueto. Alex Wood. I don't see any reason why that team can't. I-, I think they'll end up being a wild card, but they'll stay in the race for that division.
1: One thing that I've always been like super keen on when it comes to like, a Top contenders is uh, an an ace. I think that's like probably the biggest thing that there is yeah. when it comes yeah. to like a uh, championship teams. If you just look back at like every single World Series team in the last ten years. Like every single team had an at ace least or one two aces, yeah. two aces that were dominant throughout the whole season and in the playoffs. Giants fans know this as well as anybody because Madison Bumgarner like mm-hmm. practically didn't give up a hit for like three years on the playoffs. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think it's time that we finally called the Giants the. Legitimate contenders because Gosman is a legitimate one. We know last year, like he had, he had really good stuff. His ERA just wasn't super, super low. But mm-hmm. I'm sure he's piecing it all together. I think he has four earned runs in his last five starts or something like that. Good. And when you're <laughs> when you're like that, you're you're definitely an ace. As Skyler said, the rest of the division or not the division, the rotation is pitching really, really well, and uh, their bullpen's been doing pretty well as well. And their their offense is getting a lot of timely hitting. Uh, no matter who it is, Dickerson, Crawford, Slater, Duggar. Uh, I know Yaz is hurt right now, but he'll be coming back eventually. Yeah. Lamont Wade is another guy that's actually playing for them. Donovan Solano. Uh,
0: Talkman, but timely, not not yeah. overall. Timely Timely defense, yeah. too.
1: Yes. Chadwick, Tromp <laughs> Had to throw him in there. But, yeah, I think it's time that we actually call the Giants legitimate NL contenders. And uh, we all kind of just waiting for them to cool off of it. Hasn't it really happened. seems like it's not going to happen now. Let's talk about the Braves now. Uh, we do this like every single week. We're <laughs> we're just like, man, why are these guys going to heat up? And uh, a team that kind of came to mind to for me at least when I was uh, looking at this twenty twenty one Braves team is the twenty nineteen Red Sox. It was the year after that they won the World Se- or the year twenty nineteen was the year after they won the World Series, and uh, we we had this whole thing with the Red Sox where we just thought that they were going to heat up the whole year but they just didn't, and uh, they ended up missing the playoffs. And I know the Braves uh, didn't win the World Series last year. They were close to making the World Series, blew a 3-1 lead to the Dodgers, but are the 2020, 2021 Braves the same as the 2019 Red Sox?
0: I think it's impossible to tell right now. Uh, the league isn't really becoming as clear as we thought it would this week, or last week. Um, the They're starting to hit again, but... You know, when your only average pitcher right now is Ian Anderson, I, I know we, we talked about this before the show, Max Fried's been pitching better, but overall, throughout the year, Ian Anderson's been the only guy. Uh, if I had to choose a side, I would say, yeah, they'll make the playoffs, but I really, I'm really, i really medium on them right now. Very indifferent. Sure. I think a huge loss from What was the guy who broke his hand?
2: you Noah, you he was yeah. he was maybe their best pitcher at mm-hmm. that point in the season before he went and did what he did i mean yeah. they saw something
0: and of similar. course i doing that too
2: yeah they oh yeah we yeah. screw him but uh I, i'm i'm i've been a believer in the braves since the beginning of the year and i'm still gonna believe in them uh part of the reason i think the braves can figure it out is because i don't trust the other teams above them in that division specifically the mets i'm not sold on them uh, Dugrom, obviously, and they have, they've had a couple other you know, key pieces, but I don't trust that team to be consistent throughout the whole year. So I think at some point, a door will open up where the Braves, if they can get hot, can slide back to the top of that division. But Scott, I mentioned earlier, they got to chase the Braves – not the Braves, the Mets, Padres, Dodgers, Giants, because those three teams right now are all holding either a division spot or a wild card that the Braves will be chasing. Mm-hmm. So
1: Yeah, the Braves are – are really interesting because they have had some really good uh, hitters this year. Obviously, Acuna's been going off. Uh, Austin Riley's having a great season. Albies mm-hmm. hasn't been terrible. Freddie Freeman, under uh, expectations, but I mean, still a solid hitter. Uh, pitching is definitely the thing that's wrong here, but I'm going to talk about the guys that they're going against and the team that they have to pass up if they do want to make the playoffs. There's the Mets that uh, are ahead of them in the division. The Giants, Padres, and Dodgers, as Brett said, are the West uh, teams, and... Four out of those five teams are going to make the playoffs, and one of them isn't, and I think that team is very clearly going to be the Braves as of right now, because uh, uh, who was it that said that the Mets are, uh, like, you're skeptical of the Mets? Was it Skyler or Brett? Uh, I, I'm a little bit
2: skeptical yeah. of the Mets, just because of their past and what they've done the past couple years. Yeah. Um, But that's not to say they won't, you know, find consistency this year.
1: Yeah, I... I I'm a little higher on the Mets, I think they're a good team, and Lindor's going to heat up, and uh, Syndergaard's going to come back, and when Thor's back, you know, he's something to watch, and DeGrom's going to be Jacob DeGrom, that, as simple as that, and uh, the rest of the teams, I mean, they're not going to pass up the Padres, they're not going to pass up to the Dodgers, those teams aren't going to slow down to the point that they get to 5-10 to games over 500 come end of the year, I think their only shot would be if the Giants slow down, as we were just talking about, we don't really think that's going to happen, so I think hope, playoff hopes are not over for the for the Braves, but they're definitely not looking too well in my mind. Let's get to our weekly rewards mm-hmm. awards, not rewards, and let's get to halftime.
0: All right. Bailey, who's your player of the week? My player of the week is going to be Jesse Winker from the Reds. He had 444, four homers, and eight ribbies, uh, multiple multi-hit games, and a three-homer game.
2: Yeah, for me i'm going with ryan mountcastle the baltimore orioles hit
1: 500 three homers eight rbis 529 on base percentage i am picking cedric mullins center fielder for the baltimore orioles he had a great saturday game went five for five with two home runs and i actually benched him on my fantasy squad because he wasn't doing too well earlier in the week before that but the day after he collected three hits as well as a with the home run so Mm. for the week he went 10 for 16 Three home runs, four RBIs. I believe that's a 6.25 average. Yes. When you're hitting 6.25, that's pretty fucking good. And yes. uh, he is my player of the week. Skyler, who's your pitcher?
0: My pitcher of the week is going to go to Corbin Burns. Only one start, but it was seven innings, 13 Ks, no walks, no runs. That's good enough for me.
2: I think we might as well call this to Jacob DeGromore, because it seems like one of yeah. us picks him each week. Uh, I'm going with him this week. Only one start, but zero 0.57 WHIP,
1: 11 strikeouts. My guy is not Jacob DeGrom. He's not Corbin Burns. It's Sean Manaya. He only had one start, but he made nine innings out of that mm-hmm. start. Uh, complete game shutout up in Seattle. Six Ks. Great start for Manaya. His second shutout of the season, even though his first one is only a seven-inning game. Yeah. Uh, so I'm picking Manaya as my pitcher of the week. Let's go to rookie.
0: All right. My rookie's going to be Brett Sky Mountcastle. He had 500, three homers, eight ribbies, and he only struck out four times this week, which... You know, it, it's 25% of his at-bats for the week, but uh, you compare him to the other rookies, just the other players, and they're up in near 10 for the week. So he, it's going to go to Mountcastle.
2: Yeah, having already picked Mountcastle for my player of the week, I'm going to mention another guy here, Johnson India of the yeah. Cincinnati Reds. He's charted out less. Yeah, 538
0: yeah. this week,
2: two
1: homers, only three RBIs, but a 667 on base percentage, very solid week. Yeah, I'm picking Ryan Mountcastle here, Samus Skyler. Skylar, uh, I named the stats, so I might as well talk about Patrick Wisdom. Oh yeah. Uh, poss- he was a possible uh, back-to-back champ as far as Rookie of the Week goes. He had three or four home runs this week. He was just raking <laughs> more, and it's kind of out of nowhere. He has seven home runs in 13 games this year for the Cubs, and he's not my co-champ, but he's uh, second place. He's mm-hmm. my 1B. Let's take it to halftime, shall we?
0: Alright, let's go to halftime. Welcome to the second half. We're going to start it off with Nikola Jokic winning the MVP for the NBA. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I, you know, I think maybe Stephen Curry deserves this one, but I'm not surprised. Jokic, it's not like Jokic had a bad year. He had a great year. Uh, what did... Whoever has the numbers, tell us some of the other votes.
2: Uh, First of all, I'm not surprised that Jokic... I thought it should have been closer than what it was. Right now, all I have is the first-place votes. I believe it was 91 from Nikola Jokic out of the 100s. Steph Curry received the second most with five. Even though Steph did finish third. Mm -hmm. Uh, Embiid finished second. Um, Chris Paul with two. Giannis and Embiid both finished with one first-place vote, and Derrick Rose got the fan vote. So Derrick Rose did finish with one first-place MVP vote.
1: Is this the first year? Do we know that the fan vote thing has happened? I assume so, because there's no way. I'm that, not sure. Like, we would have had, like, Isaac Bonga get, like, a first-place <laughs> yeah. vote. Like,
2: Remember, it, it, it would be like a Zaza Pachulia when Zaza he was voted an
0: NBA All-Star. So. Yeah. I mean, I at least I hope there's, uh, you know, a certain pool of players you could choose from.
1: Seems like
0: there's <laughs> that Well, Derek Rose didn't have a bad year.
1: No, but I, I mean, yeah, but I, he was not no MVP. But he like, was yeah, a, right
0: of up the, up the qualified starters, right?
2: I don't even. I mean, he wasn't even a starter on his own team. I don't think. I think he was the sixth man. Know, well,
0: never mind then. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, any more notes on the MVP? Uh, I'm not. So. I'm not that upset. Nah, I'm not upset. I just thought it should've been closer.
1: Yeah. I'll uh, put it that Should've been stuff.
0: All good. right. That's fair. Well, uh, some baseball news. Jared Kalanick. Top prospect for the Mariners sent back down to AAA. Uh, he had a rough month, boys. He had he a, an 0 and 37 stretch. I think he cracked that right before he got sent down, but, it, you know. Did he? Didn't go I away. Don't, I don't, don't even don't think, he, he, cracked I don't
2: think he cracked that. I think he finished like 0 for 38 or whatever. Oh, head. man.
1: His batting average, if, I've, if I'm i correct, is point zero nine six
2: wow which is pretty impressive because he wasn't bad like when he first like the first like week i remember getting bomb off the a's he had a three yeah. he had
1: a three hit game versus, in his second career game two doubles and a home run one of them was a blue but we still give it to him yeah and then he had that home run against the a's and i think he had another hit in that game too and um, that was it i mean he had two more hits besides that but still yeah. like
0: that was a long time ago yeah okay back-to-back shots <laughs> Oklahoma. okay let's not get distracted but we're, we're we're watching the college world series softball championship uh yeah
1: well ain't the championship but it's close
2: it's championship series first first game uh best of three florida states the, yeah this wow. is it so what? best of three i got florida states up seven to two but moving on from that. all right
0: yes moving on uh cubs rookie patrick wisdom has uh, shown off some power. He's been going off the past yeah. couple weeks. How about that, Kyle?
1: Yeah, I mean, I talked about it a little bit in uh, my Rookie of the Week. Is I mean, as it goes, it's on the podcast, people listening to this. This is probably only a few minutes after. But uh, Patrick Wisdom has been amazing. 2 homer game against the Giants on Saturday or Sunday? I believe it was Saturday. I believe. The aren't Saturday, so it was Sunday. It's Sunday. And I'm
0: Grant. I didn't watch. I had a... Very long weekend, but anyways, uh, the Supers for the College World Series baseball, the men, are done. Now we got the matchups for the Super Regionals. I'll read them off. Number one, Arkansas is going to be playing NC State. Arkansas sneaked away uh, with an elimination win, surprisingly. They lost a game the other day, so good for them. They're still alive. Number four, Vandy is playing 13, East Carolina. Another good matchup. Mm-hmm. Number eight Texas Tech is hosting number nine Stanford.
1: You know what I want? Go Cardinal!
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, number five Arizona is hosting number twelve Ole Miss. Another great matchup. Mhm. Wow. Um, we got number two Texas hosting South Florida, who's three games over five hundred right now.
1: Shout out South Florida, the underdogs. If they beat Texas, that's,
0: yes. that's insane. That would be insane. And you know, stuff like this always happens in the College World Series. So
1: yeah. Was South Florida the team that beat?
2: Florida like eighteen to nothing. It was some. It was either them
0: or South Alabama. Yeah,
2: I think it was South Alabama. South Alabama destroyed
0: Florida. Mm -hmm. Then we got uh, Dallas Baptist against Virginia. Dallas Baptist always always pretty sneaky in the tournament. We got number three Tennessee hosting LSU. We got number seven Mississippi State hosting number ten Notre Dame. Some great games coming up. I'm excited.
1: Dude, it be fun I always love the
0: College World series. Yeah. Not a lot of West Coast teams still alive, but There's it's two. still fun to watch. Yeah. There's one that you should love, Skyler. That's the Cardinal. Alright. There we go. Well, uh, you know, Fullerton's kinda of rebuilding. Oregon you should know, have FB made it. But rebuilding. Oregon
2: should have made it, but they <laughs> balked in the bottom of the eighth they to did.
1: allow a run
0: allow a run
2: in, which would have been I uh, would have been tied going mm-hmm. into the bottom of the ninth if that run did not
1: come in. But
0: Yeah, that's you know? that's tough. All right, well, uh, some pretty bad news we have to talk about. Andy Reid's son, Brits not charged with anything.
2: No, he pleaded not he Pleaded not guilty. Yeah. He wasn't charged not guilty.
0: I understand. Okay, see, when I heard, or when I thought what I heard was he was charged with nothing, I was like, no. what do you mean? He was driving drunk.
2: No, I... From what I can tell, it, it doesn't look good for him, no matter what he pleads here. Um, if I ever him, I probably would have actually pleaded guilty, because yeah. I think everything...
1: You can get like a... sentence exactly. if you plead guilty, but
2: pleading not guilty...
0: Oh, himself?
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Pleaded? Oh, he, I thought this was a ruling. No, he, oh, I'm, he, he pleaded not guilty okay. to the charges against him, but they still have to go to the court. Oh, and like go the depositions? The whole, no, I mean, yeah, go okay. through the whole trial. Okay. So, okay. I'm assuming once it ends, he's going to be put in jail. You know, DUI. I don't even know what you call it. Cause the girl survived, correct?
0: Yeah, but uh, yeah, she's still you know, fucked up. But bodily harm right. injuries, whatever. He he should be in jail. I and mean, don't drink and drink. I don't it's see this tough. ending well, but I mean there have been many cases where some slick guys uh, get away. Yeah. Yeah, true, work.
1: but I mean. There's, like, OJ, who's, like, a likable figure, low-key, and then there's Rick Reed, who nobody fucking likes. What about Casey
0: Anthony killed her daughter and got away with it? That's
1: not even football-related.
0: Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm just, you know, an example of some tomfoolery in the courtroom.
1: I mean, who knows?
0: I mean, to be fair to OJ here,
2: (laughs) I mean, there there was evidence that, you know, he brought up, but... the glove didn't fit. The glove did not fit. I don't think Britt Reed has any evidence from what I've seen that can prove him not guilty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he was breathalyzed. I think there was like like video of it. I, it doesn't look good for mm-hmm. him, man. I hope for the girl's sake and you no, know, I hope he, he gets put in jail. I think he deserves it. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Well, some very bright news, unless you're a hitter in the National League East. <laughs> Jacob DeGrom has been tearing it up this year, and I think he should be in conversation for the MVP.
1: Definitely. I mean, he's having the best pitcher season that we've seen in the last 100 years. Have you seen
0: him compared to, like, 99 Pedro?
1: It's, it's crazy. Pedro and uh, Bob Gibson, I think, mm-hmm. the two guys that Jeff Passant was uh, comparing him to in a tweet a couple nights ago. And, he like, his stats are, like, blowing away those guys. And those are the Pedro season and the Bob Gibson season are mm-hmm. looked at as the two best seasons by a pitcher of all time. Yeah,
0: and obviously Pedro was uh, a little better than his stats show because it was during the steroid era. But yes, yes.
1: Hey, this is during the juice ball era,
2: so I I give Grom almost as much credit, but I definitely think he deserves MVP looks. Uh, It's going to be hard, I think, with Acuna being so good if Acuna stays healthy. And the
0: Cincinnati news,
2: Yeah, normally it's a hitter's award. Tatis, I'm sure, is going to get some votes if he stays healthy. I would like to see a pitcher win it. As a pitcher myself, I think they deserve more votes, but
0: I think it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. Some football news. Finally, we got something. It's not much, but Aaron Rodgers... uh... Did not show up to OTAs. Expected. Yeah, it's expected. And now Devontae Adams says he's got his back, uh, which I don't exactly know what that means, but it sounds like. He's
1: kind of just with them.
0: There's a little tension.
1: Yeah, uh, I know Devontae Adams did say that he will report to OTAs because he said that he grew up in East Palo Alto with no money, so Mm -hmm. when he gets a chance to get all the money that he can, he's going to take it. Yeah. I think they said Rogers is like willing to lose
2: ninety three thousand. I think if he missed okay, like that was the max fine they could give him.
1: So. Yeah, ninety three thousand to a guy like him—that's pocket change. Yeah, that doesn't seem <laughs> um, like much.
0: Yeah. All right. And the last thing I want to talk about in halftime: Jackson Coar, Kansas City prospect, starting rough. pitcher, made his debut. It was rough, but all right. So four runs in two thirds of an inning.
1: One strikeout. Didn't get one. But thing. guys,
0: he he didn't get rocks. It was a couple of bloopers. The problem was he had three wild pitches and with walks. runners on base. Yeah. yeah, and the walks, of course. He just he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to play this year, this, this well, month.
1: I think yeah. it might be uh, just jitters. Yeah, I was kinda, it, this might be a
2: case okay. where like it's your first MLB start. You're nervous, you know. You're you're making pitches. You probably wouldn't throw like if this was a AAA start. I, I doubt he's walking however many people he mm-hmm. did. Maybe it's just first game jitters. Next game, hopefully he's better. If he does the next so. game,
1: not next game. No. I the the Yeah, it's true. This weekend,
0: I actually don't mind. I like uh, pitching prospects.
1: Well, I would like him to suck for this time, and then after the A's, he can
0: do good. Okay.
2: Maybe the A's let's get spare. a one nothing win, and he pitches good. But
1: yeah, you know,
0: yeah. He gets a no decision with or, the 14 K's. Or the A's just light him up. I couldn't care. <laughs> as long as the A's win, ahead,
2: I'll take All right. whatever.
0: Well, that's gonna wrap up halftime. We wish. Uh, Everyone we talked about, good luck, except for Britt Reed. Yeah, bad yeah. luck for him.
1: Let's go to uh, the third quarter here, where we're going to be talking about basketball the rest of the way, except for our bets. We saw the Blazers get eliminated since our last show. Mm. It, the whole situation there is kind of interesting. They fired their, or not fired, parted ways with Terry Stotts, their head mm. coach. Uh, Dame kind of said that Jason Kidd is the guy that he wants, and Jason Kidd just immediately removed himself from the conversation as being a possible candidate for that job, so what's next for the Trailblazers?
0: Yeah, uh, what's next is they go get Chauncey Billups, and try to build around what they have, because if they, if they gotta do some, trying to contain myself, not, uh, just say F this and F that and F and F and do this, but, Mm -hmm. uh... Just don't blow it up, Portland. Please don't blow it up because you're so close. You're so close. Just find a guy who can deal with Damian Lillard.
1: So close, but so far. I don't think their championship contender is um,
2: a piece. I'm going to go a little bit of a different route here from Scott. First of all, as far as the head coaching search, first tell Dame to shut up a little bit because he kind of ruined his chance at the guy he wanted because Jason Kidd basically backed out because he felt uncomfortable with the situation he was put in. But at the same time, allow Lillard to lead that search. Keep Lillard happy. But, you know, b- bring bring in a guy who Lillard wants to run that team. Mm-hmm. Second, I Scott I, said, don't blow it up. I think it might be time to move on from the McCollum-Dame experiment. Either that or you have to add a third piece to that. Because those two alone, I don't think can get it done. Um I, I've seen some situations where you know, McCollum is moving and they're bringing a different guy. Um, I, don't, I don't know if that's the solution, but I think it is time to mix things up a little bit, whether that's adding someone or swapping uh-huh. McCollum up for someone else. The one thing you can do if you're Portland, though, is give up on Dame. I've heard, seen rumors of Miami calling to ask about him. Don't give up on Dame. That's your guy.
1: Yeah, I don't think Dame wants to leave. That's the only thing that I got on that. How about the Mavs, though? We saw Porzingis, one of Scalder's favorite players in the league, not do the greatest in the playoffs and uh, not be happy with the situation in Dallas. So what do you think the Mavericks do?
0: Um, You sit down Porzingis and you tell him you had a couple bad games, dude. Don't freak out. I I mean, he's 7'1". He can
1: freak out, though. And if he freaks out, he can do a (laughs) lot of damage.
0: Well, Hulk. just don't make Luca angry. That's all I have. Give Luca whatever he wants. I,
1: I
2: think Luca is going to be a very happy man because I think Luca will be locked up long term um, mm. this offseason. I I think in an interview, he mentioned that he's looking to sign a Max extension. Super Max. Super Max. That's the best thing the max can do. Man. Keep Luca around. Eventually, I think he has to move on from Perzingas. I think with the Luca fit, he's a little too stiff. Uh, I mean, they basically just had him sitting in the corner. During during the playoffs, that's not going to work. They need another dynamic guy to pair with Luka. Who that is, I don't know. But Trey Young. I mean, <laughs> that, would, that would be something. I but mean, Trey
1: Young was drafted by the Mavericks. He was. He
2: was, But, I mean, the, the only
1: thing I can say is keep Luka for as long as you can if you're the Dallas Mavericks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, special talent there for sure. But let's stop talking about teams that were eliminated. Let's talk about the four series that are going on right now, or three going on right now, and one hasn't started quite yet. But the first one's Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Brooklyn's up 2-0. We saw Brooklyn destroy Milwaukee last game, even without James Harden. It was a 40-point yeah. victory for them. I don't even think the starters played in the fourth quarter. So what's going on with that series, Skylar? Especially for a guy like you, who has Milwaukee going to the finals.
0: Yeah, I liked Milwaukee uh, at the start of the series, for sure. But And that was because you know Milwaukee plays defense, uh, mm-hmm. and the Nets are really surviving on their transition offense uh but even without james harden the Bucks got destroyed the other night (laughs) he got annihilated uh so i'm not very excited about this anymore uh yeah I'm, i'm taking the nets uh yeah i'm gonna take the nets too
2: I'm actually kind of with Schuyler. On paper, I thought the Bucks matched up well with their defensive matchup with Giroux, Middleton, Giannis being able to cu- cover the big three for the Nets, but the Nets seem to be hitting their stride. Blake Griffin's played well in the first two games. Middleton hasn't. The role players who played so good in the first series from Milwaukee have not been good, and I think that's the biggest difference from Milwaukee. Their role players aren't getting the job done, but I, I could definitely see this ending in a sweep.
1: Now let's look at the other Eastern Mm -hmm. Conference matchup where we had Atlanta and Philly. Atlanta actually took game one in this series. I think that game's going on right now It's just past halftime. So by the time (laughs) this episode is up, we will know what's going on if Atlanta has that 2-0 lead or Philly bounces back and gets that Mm -hmm. 1-1 series as it shifts to Atlanta in the next game. So how do you guys feel about this one?
0: Uh, I, I don't know what the score is right now. But... Uh, I have it right here. It is seventy sixty three. 70-63 Philadelphia up with seven minutes okay. remaining in the third. I will say this. Uh, Atlanta plays incredible perimeter defense, and I really like what they're doing here against Philly. What they're doing is Embiid uh, go one-on-one against Capella, our best player, our best defensive player at least, uh, possible defensive player of the year if they didn't announce it already. Uh, they have not. They haven't. Uh, and you got to score forty-five against Capella to beat us. And I don't know what how many he has now, but I mean that seems like a pretty good strategy. Maybe Tobias Harris is hitting his shots today, and that's why they're winning. But um, uh, game one, yeah, perimeter defense was crazy. I mean, as we talk
2: right now, Harris and Embiid both have twenty. Oh, Seth, okay. Seth Curry is five for five from mm. three on seven of eleven shooting. Uh, I'm actually friends with a Hawks fan on Instagram and a. Uh, he says the, the guy they're really missing is Daniel Hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would be the guy that would be able to cover Tobias Harris because they're kind of lacking a guy to cover like that that small forward position if you look at their, their lineup. Yeah. Uh, but John Collins, Cabela have been doing at least a decent job inside. It's pretty hard to stop Embiid. Yeah. Yeah, he, he has so many moves he can go to. But as far as where I think the series will go, I think the series goes go, go 7. I think Philadelphia wins. I think it's a good series no yeah. matter what. So Should be fun. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I don't know. I really mean, today. we got to wait, right? The, the one point I would like to make, though, is the Atlanta Hawks bench is carrying them right now. Trey Young only has 13, mm. only taking 10 shots. And Quarter and Gallinari have 30 combined,
1: only missing three shots
2: total.
1: Let's go to the Western Conference now. Where we had a game one happen yesterday. Phoenix played really well against the, the Denver Nuggets. I almost said the Broncos. But uh, Phoenix up one nothing in that series. What do we got going on? Down there in Phoenix and uh, over in Denver.
0: I like Phoenix a lot. Is, is, did Chris Paul play Game one? He did. Yeah. Well, there you go. You got Chris Paul. They're going to beat Denver. Uh, Jokic, obviously, won the MVP. He's great. But uh, no Jamal Murray. And that's, that's going to be tough against uh, a team that relies on the wings like Phoenix does. Yeah. That...
1: So, you say, like, five games? Six games?
0: I'm going to say six games.
1: I mean, yeah...
2: It, Missing Murray is a huge loss for Denver offensively, but what people don't realize is Jamal Murray's is a very, very good defender, and he would probably be the guy tasked with either taking Booker or Chris Paul, however they wanted to play it. I think without him, Phoenix matches up very good against Denver. Aiton's an athletic big who can, I mean, at least try to contain Jokic. It's pretty hard because Jokic is at least going to get his assists. But I really like Phoenix in this series. We'll talk about it again later, but I actually have Phoenix sweeping this series. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like Phoenix in that, uh, mm-hmm. as far as West Conf- Western Conference goes, as someone who hasn't really watched much basketball in the, in the playoffs, the only really game I watched was game six between, uh, Lakers and the Suns, Phoenix kind of looks unstoppable right now mm-hmm. as far as, uh, what's going on. They're clicking at the right time. Let's go to the series that hasn't quite started yet. We get game one tonight, though, with the Clippers and Utah, number one seed versus number four, four seed and mm-hmm. the Clippers, uh... Great series between the Clippers and uh, Dallas. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that as our bets go on, as we had something interesting happen with our bold predictions. But what's going on with the Clippers and Utah? Uh,
0: the Jazz were a team I originally picked to play in the finals, but uh, after watching what the Clippers did to come back against Dallas, I, I'm leaning towards the Clippers again. Kawhi is, is good at basketball. You can trust them in the playoffs. Man, I guess Pandemic P passed it off to Porzingis, so he's free from the curse now. I'm taking the Clippers, and I'll say seven because it's still going to be a good series. I think
2: on paper, I think this is the best best series if you're looking, you know, matchup versus matchup. I'm gonna take the Clippers as well. I think the Clippers come playoff time. Normally, it's the stars that win you games. I know Chris are not Chris Paul. Paul George wasn't great last year, but he's done enough. This year so far, yeah, and Kawhi is on a tear, and right I think he shot 60% from the field and averaged like 35 a game in the first series. If Kawhi continues that sort of play, I don't think there's any way or I don't even think it's possible for Utah to stop him. I'm sure Donovan Mitchell will put up numbers. Jazz obviously have a very good bench with Ingles and Clarkson, but I'm going to take the Stars and Kawhi.
1: That's going to do it for our basketball recap. Let's get to our bets. Uh, So our layups last week, I did good. I had the the Dodgers over St. Louis on Mm -hmm. Wednesday. Dodgers scored uh, 11 runs or whatever in that first inning. Skyler had Cleveland over Baltimore on Sunday.
0: Shane Bieber got scratched and the Orioles raked.
1: Orioles put up 18 runs in that game. I think they had four different guys have three hits. Crazy game for them. But this week, I'm taking Miami over Colorado on Thursday. Colorado has been absolutely terrible away from Coors Field this year. They're 4 22 on the road. Uh, they're facing Trevor Rodgers in this game, and he's mm-hmm. been absolutely. Wait, Trevor Rodgers? Am I blunt? That's got to be your name, right? Trevor?
2: I, I believe it's Trevor the, the yeah, Miami Yeah, because yeah, 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 there's Taylor yeah. and Tyler, the other two. It, it's Trevor,
1: yes. Yeah. Are they all related? I know. No, two I'm, of them are related. The yeah. uh, the two are yeah. uh, and yeah. Trevor is his own. So wow. Trevor has been absolutely amazing this year. He's that def- definitely a candidate for NL Rookie of the Year. Yeah. And uh Colorado, the mix of them not being good on the road is why I'm picking Miami here mm-hmm. as my layup.
0: All right, I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Rays over the Baltimore Orioles on Saturday. That's Rich Hill starting for Tampa Bay. He's been on fire. A lot of Ks. Um, man, doesn't throw hard, but he makes guys miss. I like Tampa Bay here. He does. Um For
2: me, I'm going to go to hockey. This isn't really a layup. This is more something I want to see happen. So I'm putting out good energy into there. I hate the Las Vegas Golden Knights, so I want the Colorado Avalanche to win that series, obviously. So I'm gonna take the Abs to win. It's a best of three. Series tied two two. Avs win
1: for my layup. Alright. All righty. Now let's go to our bowl predictions. Skyler kinda of looked at me funny when I said that we had something going on with the Clippers and our bowl predictions, but I remember. I had the Clippers over Dallas in six. I had them winning the next two games in the series because when we had our last episode it was tied two two. Mm-hmm. That did not happen. And Skyler had Dallas win in the series versus the Clippers. So it could have been any combination. Dallas wins uh, the next two or takes it in the next three. But both those did not happen. Uh, The Clippers won in seven games. So we're both wrong. It's kind of more bold that none of our things happened, which I think is kind of interesting. But let's go to our bold predictions this week. I got DBU, Dallas Baptist University, over Virginia in the Super Regionals.
0: All right, I'm going to go with uh, baseball again, back-to-back. I'm taking the Tigers over the White Sox on Friday. That's Giolito versus Tariq Skubal. Skubal's been ridiculously good at home, so uh, I'm taking it.
2: Uh, I already touched on this earlier, but from my bold prediction, I'm going to have the Phoenix Suns sweeping the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Four games, that's all it's going to take.
1: Yeah, before we go, though, I would like to introduce something to the, the people that are watching our show. If you haven't seen it on our Twitter already, mm-hmm. we do have a – A little morning podcast that comes out uh, a couple times a week about recapping the previous day in baseball, as well as getting you ready for the next day and the next few days as far as the best pitching matchups, who's going to win, who's not going to win, and the picks to click.
0: All you guys who text me during the day, who should I bet on tonight? What's the best bet? Go listen to Kyle's little show in the morning. It's only going
1: to be 10-15 minutes max, I think. There's been three episodes so far. One's been eight minutes, one's been nine minutes, and one's been 15 when we had... Uh, a great Sunday day on uh, two two days ago, I think.
0: Yeah. That's right. it
1: for episode
0: 39. We'll be back next
1: Tuesday. Next Tuesday. And, uh, Harrison Barnes episode. That's true. <laughs> and make sure that you watch out for the extras tomorrow morning.
0: Oh, yeah. We'll see you next time. Go, Jets.